to Architecting. I'm your host, Angela Mazzi. You made it. This is the landing pad for raw honesty about connecting your career with your purpose. I'm going to give you the tools you need to be an unapologetic advocate for yourself and others, because if you're here, you believe that the space we surround ourselves in matters and you're committed to project by project building a better world for all of us. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Hey, Bright Lights, it's Angela and welcome back to Architecting. I'm really excited to share this topic with you because it's one that really cuts so close to issues that so many of us deal with every day. What are you tolerating? So many times in life, we've been told, right? This is as good as it gets. Suck it up. Carry on. Make the best of the situation. Don't expect too much. And we're constantly, constantly, constantly being asked to dumb down our dreams, to lower our expectations, to deal with situations that don't excite us, and to tolerate it. To the point that many people, when I talk to them about their careers and we're doing some one-on-one coaching or in their hot seat in one of my workshops or programs, And I say, well, why are you doing what you're doing? They honestly don't have an answer. And I want you to really think about that right now. Ask yourself this question right now. What would make me really excited to get out of bed every morning? If you're like most people, you may hit this wall going, well, I I don't know. I don't know. And that's the problem. We become so disconnected from what we really want, that we have lost the thread of even accessing it's buried so deep. And it takes a lot of work to excavate that and really start living your purpose. And it can start with something really small, like where would I like to go to dinner tonight? Not what's easy or what's cheap or what would my kids eat, but what would be the most exquisite experience. If I took a day off, how would I spend it? What would I just love to do? If I could take a weekend getaway, where would I go? And those seem like really small minor things, but we have to reacclimate ourselves because our four bodies are interconnected, spiritual, emotional, mental, physical, what we feel activates our endocrine system, which clearly impacts our physical well-being. Just like any other addiction where there are chemicals released as well as a hint of pleasure when you are drinking or using drugs, we get addicted to the adrenaline. We get addicted to the cortisol to the point where we don't feel right unless we are experiencing a stress response. We don't feel right unless we're juggling three different things at one time. The problem with that is while it might make us feel like superheroes who are really productive, 
what it's really doing is numbing us out. It's diminishing our capacity to connect with our joy and with our purpose, which is what really matters, right? It's why we're here. One of my coaches actually referred to this as beast mode. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah, I totally am in beast mode so much of the time because I don't want to say no to great opportunities, but at the same time, there are the compulsories that have to get done. And y'all know that I never, ever, ever want to say I'm too busy. Usually when you say I'm too busy, what you're doing is deprioritizing the things that matter most to you so that you can cross things off the to-do list. And that busy work, well, we got to get it done. It's part of life that will always be there. It could potentially be delegated, right? You could ask for help. You could defer it. You could find other strategies. Doing the things that are really about your life purpose, those things you never get back. Those are the opportunities that are going to take you somewhere, even if you can't see in the moment where or how. And if you listen to the last podcast on Opportunity Beads, I really spent a lot of time talking about how when you look at the lives of most great people, it's not this linear accretion of accomplishments on a clearly defined path where they knew what they wanted and they accomplished, accomplished, accomplished. It's a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of taking giant U-turns and left turns and going in directions that might not have seemed to make sense. But you realize that nothing is ever wasted and you're collecting experiences that ultimately take you somewhere really amazing that you would never, ever, ever have reached if you just followed that linear path and met expectations. Greatness is never about meeting expectations. It's about defying them, which is why it's so important that we stop being in this mode of tolerating and really start to reconnect with what really, really matters to us because that's that's the path. That's how we're going to make a difference. And it's going to happen because we are in the moment, because we are in the zone where there is no ego, where there is no judgment. We are just completely tapped in and tuned in and loving the experience of doing what we're doing knowing that it matters, knowing that it makes a difference, knowing that failure is learning and just savoring being in the moment. That is so critically important. And a lot of times we get way too impatient and we think success is about proving ourselves and doing and accomplishing when it's really about that heart-led action that makes you feel good, where you can never go wrong, where you're open to all of the opportunities, where you're connecting the dots of the adjacent possible and not following somebody else's formula and accepting the premise that this is how it has to be. Who said so? This is your life and you get to make your rules on how you want to live it. Another aspect of tolerating that I really want to touch on is the way that we make ourselves wrong and 
often our greatest strengths are the things that people will most call us out on. I can tell you a story from, oh, maybe 12 years ago or so when I was working in Cleveland and I was working with this very toxic person who believed in competing and had a lot of issues with her own security and her own confidence. And so she would try to undermine and sabotage other people going so far as to make up stories about what a client might have said about them or something that that person did or said to her in an attempt to make them look bad and her look good. And of course, with people like this, it always works to a point because you put the other person in defensive mode when you do this. You force them to try to prove a negative. And often someone like this will try to find something where there's a bit of a grain of truth there so that the story they're peddling is somewhat plausible. So in my case, what she went after was the fact that I was doing a lot of business development and really working to cultivate a point of view, not only for myself, but for the company at large. And she spun that into your arrogant. And a client said he would never want to work with you because you're arrogant. And she started to create a narrative around that that other people started to pick up on. And what I noticed about those other people was that they were also people that felt threatened by me. And so it was a very easy game to play. Back then, I had not done the amount of work on myself and raising my level of consciousness that I have now. So I did get tangled in it. I did feel very much like I was being attacked and was this a fair thing to say and oh my gosh, how am I coming across? And I felt a lot of pressure in that moment to dim my light and started to notice as a running theme, no matter where I went, this kind of duality of me being too much, not enough. And it echoed through not just my professional life, but my personal life. This all comes back to this tolerating, right? We accept a narrative. We are made to shame the parts of ourselves that other people deem as weaknesses, when in fact, Those parts of ourselves are our greatest, greatest strength. And as I've embraced that part of myself and said, that part of me isn't arrogant. That part of me is an advocate. And that advocate helps other people. I've seen so much momentum because it's what's true. So I really invite all of you to look at the parts of you that you are burying, the parts of you that you're letting other people make wrong, the parts of you that you are hiding away because you think that they are your weaknesses and instead find a way to look at them as what they are, your greatest strength, the thing that makes you live your purpose, the thing that helps you make a difference in this world and start leveraging them that way. 
learn to love those parts of yourself. Even when they're not perfect, even when you make mistakes, embrace who you really are instead of letting other people put a label on you and tolerating the life that is being offered to you or the life you think you should live and instead live the one you were meant to live. So if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to tell a friend about it, like, rate, and review it, and make sure that you share your insights with me. You can tag me at our LinkedIn page, Architecting, or Facebook page, or you can DM me on Instagram or write a post and tag me at Architecting Podcast. Love you all and see you next time. Thank you for listening. You made it all the way to the end of the episode, which means you are committed to making yourself a priority so you can be empowered to do the work you were called to do in the world. How amazing is that? If you would like even more content just like this, please remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate it if you left an honest review too. Hey, I want you to know I'm here for you beyond the boundaries of this podcast. You can follow me on social media at Architecting Podcast or visit architectingpodcast.com to download some great free resources. Take care, everyone, and stay inspired.